Dear listener, welcome to the Sincerely Us podcast, where five friends discuss various topics from singleness to motherhood to simply trying to make sense of this messy life we get to live. In each episode, we chat about your letters. We're in this together and want you to be a part of the journey. Consider us pen pals. So please write to us at sincerelyuspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, enjoy today's conversation. Sincerely, us. You guys, welcome to the Sincerely Us podcast. My name is Sarah Helgeson, and we have Libby Romanin and our good friend Sarah Fouts on tonight. Um, we are just so honored to have Sarah on with us tonight. Um, it's a little bit different of an episode because we are going to be talking about some pretty um, heavy things. But we wanted to ask Sarah to join us because, um, well, really, number one, because she has experienced um, the things that we're going to talk about, um, but also because she has great insight and a lot of wisdom that we think um, would be beneficial for so many people to hear. Um, We're going to talk about grief tonight and uh, processing through your grief and... um, what it looks like to deal with it all uh, with family members and friends and even, you know, with yourself. And um, so I'm going to let Sarah in a second, um, maybe share a little bit about her story. But um, yeah, just before we did that, I just wanted to, to share that, you know, we, we wanted to bring her on because uh, we just think she's really insightful and has a lot of great things to say. Um, and also with the holidays coming up, you guys, uh, we thought this would be especially beneficial for people to talk about and just start a dialogue, um, just because they can be really hard. So, uh, hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to refer to her as Sarah Fouts because, you know, there's two Sarahs talking about, right? (laughs) Um, this feels really great for me because and we were talking before this even started because, uh, Sarah is my best friend and I mm-hmm. love her to death. And so it just feels like talking on the phone. So, um, yeah. So Sarah Fouts, will you, um, maybe just share a little bit about your story with grief, um, and perhaps, you know, just a summary of what's happened over the past year. Yeah. Um, so a year ago, like it just passed the year mark about like two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, a year ago, my dad passed away suddenly. Um, we found out that he had cancer at towards the end of September and then he passed away about three weeks later. And, um, yeah, it was very sudden and very confusing and very just hard, too, because I lived two hours away. And, of course, I visited and came every chance I got. But, like, we, his case was, like, really confusing. So we didn't even know what was happening. So, um, and to this day, we don't have a lot of answers. We just know that he had... Uh, his obituary says he passed um, from terminal cancer and or complica- various complications because a lot happened. So 
Um, and then since then, both of his parents have died. So I've also lost my, um, like basically the matriarch and the patriarch of our family as well this year. Um, so yeah, um, there's a lot more to that, but it was just, yeah, it was very sudden. Like as a, like as somebody in their twenties, you don't expect Mm -hmm. to lose a parent, Mm -hmm. um, at all. I mean, it's just, yeah. And so the anniversary just passed pretty recently. Um, and so I kind of thought, uh, it would be fitting to first ask you about, um, what you've learned about yourself as you've waded through your own grief. I don't know. I don't know if I've learned so much about myself um, as I've learned. It sounds like such a cop-out answer, but I promise you it's not. Um, I feel like I've learned more about grief in life and the people in my life more than myself because I'm a pretty self-aware person. Mm -hmm. Um, So like what I did see I guess what I have learned is just how, I don't know, you really can't, you really can't do anything about life sometimes and things just happen to you and, um, you're forced to deal with it and accept it on some level, like accept hard things. Um, and that's really hard to do alone. So then you start to see like, oh, okay, like I need other people to help me with this, like, and other people can help me in ways that I can't help myself. Um, Do you feel like you always knew that? Or do you feel like that is something you learned about yourself that like, like, I guess I'm wondering, did you learn about what you need? Um, I felt like I did a very good job of voicing what I needed. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, when it came, I just told people what I needed. Like, I literally asked Sarah to be like, hey, uh, my dad just died. Can you come down Wednesday? Or can you come down one of these days this week? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I, when I know what I need, I ask for it. And that's been one of the most beneficial things I've done that, like, has helped get me through grief is voicing to my friends, like, this is what I need. Or not even just a need, because I feel like people who go through grief can always say like, well, I don't need this. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. I don't need to wear socks with my shoes, but it would make my life (laughs) way more comfortable (laughs) and way easier. So like you're allowed to voice your desires and your wants and you should. Mm -hmm. That's so healthy and mature. (laughs) (laughs) Like not even just in the face of grief, but like in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I, told Sarah Fouts, this is going to be funny to keep saying it that way, but I, I told, I told Sarah Fouts that, uh, I tell the girls all the time that you are like the professional boundary setter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like brag about it because I'm like, she is so like, she's so good at saying exactly what she, what she means and exactly what she needs from people. And, you know, and doing it in such a way that, actually invites people in to love on her in the best way for her. And I think that that is a 
practiced skill that most people don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sarah, I just, I want to say that too, you know, over the past year, um, that, that to me, like from, from my perspective of coming alongside and supporting you or trying to, um, that that was really cool to see that part of you come out and, and help you walk through it. I think what I've also yeah. noticed just like in, since I've known you, Sarah Fouts, um, is that like sometimes I think a lot of times people associate setting boundaries with, um, uh, maybe being offended. Like I think it can, you can worry that if you set a boundary, you're going to hurt someone, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing you do is offensive. <laughs> like you just, <laughs> you just do it so, you just do it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just, I also feel like I have people I know I can trust in my life. So I wasn't, well, actually, okay. So I was going to say, I wasn't scared to ask Mm -hmm. for things um, because I felt like people would tell me no if they really didn't want to, but actually I was a little scared. And so what I did shortly after my dad passed um, was I sent a text out to like three to five of my closest friends. And I was like, I said something like, Hey, um, so I'm not sure I'll be able to give much to you for the foreseeable future, but I need to ask if you're okay with being there for me. Um, and if you're okay with me just like wanting to talk a lot and I might cry a lot, like, are you okay with that? If you're not, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I just need to know right now. So I don't reach out to you and later. That's incredible. Um, that helped me a lot. So I gave myself permission to do something that I felt like I needed to do. Yeah. That's unreal. That. Yeah. Um, Sarah, I'm going to move this along because I have some more questions for you. Um, yeah. What, what's been the most difficult thing for you throughout this process of the past year? Um, I mean, there are always moments I, there are always moments where I'm like, oh, I'll never receive a text from my dad again, which is what I realized when I got a, a picture of him off of his phone to text to myself for his obituary. And, you know, dad comes up on my phone. Um, like just these little reminders mm-hmm. that you don't expect. Like you just, you forget that they're gone. Um, so being reminded of that suddenly, um, like, I just think, I think grief is, or not grief, but grief, I think it's like, um, I don't know, like waves of an ocean, and when they come, you can choose to embrace it, or you can choose to say no to it, and so dealing with that throughout, like some moments when it comes, it's easier to deal with than others, like it's really hard to deal with that when it comes along, and I'm I'm a wedding photographer, so it's hard to deal with that mm-hmm. when it comes along and it's like a wedding day. Um, like that's hard. Um, and then I think the other thing I would say is other people. Mm-hmm. Like as um, people have been a blessing, but also it's really hard when you're going through grief. You're just extra sensitive. And um, also some people just don't know how to best respond to you. Yeah. Um, I feel like most people don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's people, their tendency is to, like, give space, not, like, lean in. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. It is. Because, and I used to be one of those people, actually. Like, I had never experienced loss in my life before. So when something else happened to somebody else, I would be like, oh, I don't want to be intrusive. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask about it unless they bring it up. But of course, if they bring it up, I will be there for them and I will listen to them and, mm-hmm. you know, make them feel welcome. But yeah, I used, I used to be that person. And now I look back and I'm like, Sarah, you are such a jerk, like an unknowingly well-intentioned <laughs> jerk. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I look, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not a jerk, but I just look back on that and I'm like, that was not the right response because I see people in my life who have distanced themselves and that's okay. Like I understand where that's coming from because I was there, but what actually means a lot to me are those who just acknowledge that something happens. Like you don't even have to have the right thing to say. Like you can literally say, I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't know what Mm -hmm. to say. And that makes me feel known and cared for. I was actually going to say like, um, yeah, when, of the things that has made me feel cared for since uh, my miscarriage was my friend who she gave me a, um, a baby shower card for um, before Prudence was born or maybe after Prudence was born I can't remember but um it she referred to her as baby number four and it just meant the world to me that like that baby wasn't mm-hmm. forgotten about by her. Um, or like my, um, next week is the anniversary of my friend's death. He passed away in high school and it is so weird to move to a different state and have no one know about that. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the idea of, of not, not the person being forgotten about, but the thing happening to you being forgotten about too. Mm-hmm. Like people giving you space yep. can make you just feel like everything's being forgotten, and that's not helpful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you're like not known in a place that has yes. been so painful, for and it you. feels like everything in and like in this season, it's so much of your life, and so to not be known in that way, you're mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not known. Period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's painful because it, it it's painful because it all has to do with like how much how much love was there. So it's like, oh I'm not known mm-hmm. for my love for this. Like that hurts my body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I love so much mm-hmm. and that deserves to be known because that's a such a, a you do love part so of much. my heart. And like, you don't you know just that. really do. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I wasn't speaking. Personally. I'm talking about you. Sarah, that actually this leads me into the next question. What are the most helpful things and the most unhelpful things you've experienced from friends and family in terms of them trying to support you through this time of grieving? Um, wow. Uh, so definitely the most helpful thing is at least, at least acknowledging it, like just letting me know that you're aware. Um, 
And the funny thing is, is like, I don't have that expectation. It's not like I'm going to be like, you're a bad friend if you don't do this. It's just like, no, that actually does way more than you think it does. Um, so just reaching out, I don't know, just checking in, asking questions. And um, that's been incredibly helpful. Um, gift cards are great. Like I had a group of friends who asked me like, Sarah, where do you like to eat? And they got me a few gift cards to that place. And like the least, the least amount of choices I have to make during my week, the easier my life is. And so knowing that like, I don't have to figure out how to make food. I don't have to figure out if I should use my money for it. Hmm. But knowing like I have a way to get food and it costs me nothing. It takes nothing from me. Like that was really helpful. Yeah. Gift cards. Um, showing up. I think one of the best things that I did for myself even in Sarah, you were a part of this is I asked people, well, I kind of already said this, but yeah, I'm like, okay. Like the first, my, my dad passed like, on a Monday or Tuesday night. And I realized I don't want to be alone. And I also don't have the capacity to be responsible for everything right now. So who's gonna, I like literally assigned a friend to myself every single day that week leading up to his funeral, um, who would be available to be with me and to drive me places while I got stuff done while I was organizing everything. And that was incredibly helpful. And people not just saying like, hey, let me know if you need anything, but being like, hey, I can do this for you um, with that help. Like just telling me what they can do for me so I don't have to ask something of them. I can just say yes, or they just show up and do it, um, mm -hmm. which is incredibly helpful. Do you think there would ever um, be a situation where you would be like, somebody come, came to just like do something for you and you'd be like, no, this is too much. I don't want this. Like, did you ever feel like that? Or was it always just like anybody who came was welcome? Um, I think for the most part, I was okay with anybody. The, um, but not everybody's there and that's okay. Like, I don't think everybody would feel mm -hmm. that way. Because um, everybody reacts differently when it comes to grief. Like even like I have a little brother, so my brother and I like both of our grief journeys have been different. Um, so just because I feel okay with it, I don't, I don't know if he would necessarily, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that possibility, but I don't know if I have that. Um, I I I was just glad. I'm like, yes, make my life simpler help me make mm -hmm. less decisions, like take decision-making away from me. So I don't yeah. have to do that. Like help me or, function. Just, yeah. you know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can I chime in on something just to add? So yeah. I don't want to take away from your story, but I want to add to the conversation about grief in general is, um, when, in terms of like, are there some people you don't want to see or you don't want um, to just be so in your face when after my miscarriage I remember Cassie must have been pregnant when I had my miscarriage I think maybe um, and she just texted me she said or maybe I don't remember whatever she either was pregnant or Lainey was just a little nugget um, and she texted me she was like I don't know what you need or what you want if like baby cuddles are helpful 
you can have as many as you want. If you do not want to talk to me for several months, I'm fine with that too. Like was kind of like, you know, it must've been right after Lainey was born. Um, and she was like, which was even, which was like months after my miscarriage. So like to even know that she remembered and was still sensitive to my feelings that like, yeah, every pregnancy and every newborn is going to sting for a little bit or maybe forever. We don't know. Um, like that just meant so much to me to be like that aware, like she was that aware that like, I might not be able to be her close friend in that season. Yeah. Um, yeah. It honestly made Absolutely. it easier to be yeah, closer to her. Like, oh, she cares. And she's aware of where it might sting. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. I mean, when it comes to like, I don't know if there's a person I would say no to like, like to helping me, but there were things that people said, not necessarily do, but said where I'm like, this is not helpful. And it's also kind of offensive. Yeah. Can you think of anything specific, like something that somebody said that was just not helpful at all? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think the most offensive thing to me that happened, um, and I even hesitate to say this because I understand where it's coming from because it's very faith-based and well-intentioned. And I really get that. I do. Um, but when you're going through this, it's just really, really hard. Um, while my dad was dying, like we just put him on hospice or on comfort care to like more than one person texted me and was like, is he saved? And I like, I get it. I really get that eternity matters more to you than our lives on earth. But also like, I just need you to understand that where that puts me as somebody who's watching their dad pass away and you have no idea what his religious affiliation is. Right. So why would you want to put me in a place where I like have to picture the possibility of my dad going to, I don't know, you know, going to a terrible place after this. It's just not helpful. I don't know if I'm doing no, a good job are. explaining this at all, but it's just like, okay. No, you're doing okay. a good like, job. <laughs> you're so much more respectful I'm just, than I would like, be. It's not, it's not helpful in any way. Like, I, I don't know. And I feel like some people would be like, well, that's the point. If it bothers you that much, then you should know and you should say something. So he is safe. And it's like, okay, you have no, you are so outside of where we're at right now. Like he is not conscious, conscious. Like I just, this is not helping anything. Well, I think it's a perfect example of like, when you're trying to support somebody or a group of people who are grieving, it is not about you. Like, and that to me is an example of somebody making it about them because they are putting their priorities on the Mm -hmm. situation instead of asking you what would be helpful for you and for your family. And I think people just don't realize the damage that that does. Yeah, absolutely. Well-intentioned, but you know, Sarah, I'm going to go bat for you and I'm going to be like, that's not, Right. You know, because we need to be conscious of what the person needs that we are coming in to try to support. Otherwise, 
it's not support at all. It's simply you trying to force yourself and try to on the situation and try to control the situation, whether you're cognizant of it or not. And I think, I mean, that, I mean, it makes me angry, but I, I understand that, like, what you said, Sarah, you know, it is, it is important to people. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I want to keep trying to explain it to like justify yeah. it, but I don't think I have to. Um, because I know it's so well intentioned, but yeah, it's not, it's not about that. It's not about Mm-hmm. what makes you comfortable so um so that that's been the that's probably the hardest thing I've experienced for sure like that just wrecked me absolutely wrecked me um and <laughs> this is awful but like at his celebration of life party a what? guy hit on me and I'm like Oh my god! I'm like, are you are you for real right now? Oh, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Wait, what what did he say? Like, I need you to stop. He just kept asking me questions about. Like, at first, I thought he was just like, I don't know, being friendly. Like, I thought, okay, obviously he's nervous. He's not sure what to say. That's okay. He's asking me questions like, oh, where do you live? Where do you work? What do you do? Like. Those sorts of things. So I'm like, okay, Sarah, don't jump to the conclusions. He's probably just nervous and doesn't know what to say. So he's small talk, right? But then his like questions get a little more like relationally based. Like, oh, okay, so like, are you married? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, are you oh seeing anybody? Oh my gosh. And I'm like, no. And I'm he didn't go beyond that. It just all of a sudden I realized, oh, now I know what this conversation is about. Ew, so I hate it. I was just like, I'm like not. Not helpful. I don't, I would hope that most people, I'm sure most people don't experience that. So I don't, but I did. All people you would because you're so beautiful. (laughs) And, but it's so ridiculous. Like so absurd. What in the world? That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I wish people, um, would maybe try to imagine, okay, if I said this to this person who's going through grief and loss, Mm. how would this make them feel? Okay. What are you laughing at, Libby? I'm laughing at how stupid people are. Like, I just cannot. And you're so, like, Sarah, you're so (laughs) mature and wise. And, like, I just, I'm sorry. I'm just mad for you. Okay. I mean, thankfully, those are the outliers. Like, I have been surrounded by great community. Everybody has reached out to me. It's, like, it's been good. But, yeah, there's a few of those bad ones. Sarah, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Um, Next one is, people throw away the phrase, sit with pain, don't run from it. What does that phrase mean to you, if anything, and has it been helpful? Yeah, I think it, um, it's definitely been helpful. It's kind of like the banner of my entire grief journey. Like, it's pretty much everything. Um, I really do believe that grief is, is the path 
God gives us back to him. Or if you don't believe in God, it's it really is just like the natural path that happens back to love. Um, because you're feeling everything because of love. And so if you don't sit with the pain, it's only going to morph and transform into other things. But if you are able to sit with it and just feel through it, it will eventually transform. It, it will eventually become less painful and allow you to love even more. Um, I think it's so easy to get caught up in trying to fix ourselves or fix our emotions with a positive quote or a Bible verse. And I think sometimes, not all the time, but I think sometimes that's us running from it when we actually just need to like choose to say, okay, the wave of grief is visiting me right now and I need to embrace it because I can't stop it and I can't control it. Um, so I just need to just choose to embrace it right now or else it's just going to add to this roaring river underneath everything and it's going to come out in different ways later on. So that's super heavy. Uh, I mean, because truly, like as humans, we, we don't like to hear that, you know, that there's something coming. We know it's coming. It's going to keep coming and you can't control it. And it's really heavy mm -hmm. and dark and really hard. And so to face that continuously, number one, feels really brave to me. But number two, feels kind of daunting and scary. And um, I, I can see why people you know, would develop things like anxiety or depression going through something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that you kind of, you, yeah. you said, um, I think you said it, it's the banner of your journey with grief or something like that. Um, I think that's really powerful because I don't think many people could say that honestly. Yeah. And understandably so. Like, I think it's, I, I told somebody recently, I'm like, grief is an agonizing gift. It's, it's mm -hmm. an ag, it's absolutely painful and it's wonderful and awful and terrible and, but yet good mm -hmm. because I think it's necessary. I love that you keep bringing up the concept of love because um, in preparing for this conversation my friend from church encouraged Sarah and I to listen to this talk that um, somebody from that same church she gave on grief and how to walk side by side with somebody in grief um, and one thing that she said was like the more you love the more it's going to hurt like and, and I feel so silly because I don't think I've ever thought about grief that way. Mm -hmm. Like I've never thought about the correlation between love and grief and that it hurts because you loved. Like that feels so basic to me, but I don't think I have ever had that thought actually cross my mind. And it is, it, it's comforting to me, like to at least be able to attribute this beautiful um, feeling action thing of love to this super painful um, wave after wave after wave of grief. That's, yeah, it's just interesting to me that like I've never thought about it before in my life and now twice in one day. Um, 
it's brought up and I just I think it's awesome and interesting and yeah really really painful yeah yeah thanks Libs um Sarah I'm gonna ask one more question um and that is uh since the holidays can be tough for people who've lost somebody who's dear to them is there anything that you would tell someone who is experiencing grief right now yeah, it's, um, it's okay to be where you're at. Your Christmas doesn't have to be merry. Your Thanksgiving mm-hmm. doesn't have to be full of thankfulness. It's, mm-hmm. This is just where you're at right now, and that is completely okay. I mean, it, like, if you want to fake having fun or you actually like genuinely – like are feeling a lot of joy and don't want to feel guilty about it. Like you don't have to, like you can be there too. Um, but also you really don't have to be happy and you don't have to be grateful. And it is really, really, really okay to be right where you're at. Like it won't always feel this way. Um, part of it will, but it will evolve and it will be less intense over time. Um, I feel like that's the biggest thing. If you get nothing else out of this podcast, just know that it is okay to be wherever you're at. And it is, it is appropriate. It is understandable. It is, it is completely okay. Um, and the only other thing I have to add to that, if you're experiencing grief and about to go through the holidays, surround yourself with people that you feel comfortable reaching out to in the coming months. Ask permission to do that if you need to, like I did. Um, Or just reach out and see what happens. Um, There's so much comfort and peace that can be found in just being able to talk about what you're feeling with others um, that you wouldn't otherwise be able to process through. Um, Don't do it alone. Um, So yeah, it's okay to be where you're at and and don't do it alone. Mm. Sarah, thank you so much. Yeah, seriously, man. You're the best. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you all. I seriously am, like, like, what a freaking mm-hmm. gift that we have you on. And, you know, just so that you can share so much wisdom about this and, you know, talk so eloquently about the things that you've been through. I just am freaking impressed and honored. So thank you. Thank you for asking. You guys, thank you so much for joining us here at the Sincerely Us podcast. Um, if you have any thoughts or any anything else that you'd like to share about this, if this made you think about anything that you would like to write about, please feel free to write us at sincerelyuspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to um, include you in the conversation. Um, and as always, we're so thankful for you to be here and listen with us. And we will see you next time. Thanks. I can pick you up when you're heading down.